What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. You know the old saying, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We heard that growing up as kids, didn't we? And it makes me think of what's going on with, with Donald Trump. Not just right now. We talked about this with Alan Dershowitz before with respect to what might happen to a judiciary, because I think we've weaponized it. But when I, what I'm talking about specifically now is, is impeachment. Donald Trump got impeached twice. I said at the time, it's gonna be payback. Democrats lost the majority in the House, and it just might be payback time, because there's a lot of rumblings as Donald Trump's cases come into fruition that the House Republicans should impeach Joe Biden. Speaker Kevin McCarthy's been talking about this in interviews very openly now. Kind of was a little quiet initially at the beginning of this session of Congress, but now he's been talking about opening an inquiry that would make the case. The question that's forefront right now is that, does this make the most sense right now? Is this the next appropriate step to make? Republicans hold a razor thin majority in the House, five seats. So there's a big political consequence on this. Plus, they don't control the Senate. And let's remember that. Constitution makes it clear. You get impeached in the House, you get removed in the Senate. Didn't remove Bill Clinton. We didn't remove Donald Trump. So the big question is, is this smart? Does this actually help Democrats regain and maintain the House of Representatives? They already control the Senate and the White House. How will this affect 2024? Because again, the end of the day, if this moves us backwards, what have we gained? Is it the right decision? Is it worth it? Those are the things that I wanna break down with you right now. So I'm gonna give you my take. I'm gonna break down the facts, where we're at, and what the political consequences of going forward with this are. So here we go, let's get into it. All right, if you're joining us on the first on Channel 247, welcome, always great to see you. Uh, if you're not, if you're watching this online, or even if you are on the first, do me a favor, as always, please pause for a moment now, go over to YouTube Rumble, go to Spotify and Apple iTunes, go to that podcast section, find the Sean Spicer Show. And the cool part is if you just type in Sean Spicer, it comes up. This isn't like a ton of work. On YouTube, it's Sean M. Spicer. Subscribe and hit the notification button. That way, one, you get it every time. Two, we get a little credit, and that's what we're going for here. We need to support independent media so we're not relying on these big corporate overlords that can cancel us at any time. That's what we need. You never know when we're gonna get canceled, kicked off, delayed, 
And we've seen it happen too often. So do me a favor, please subscribe to all four. And if you have a fifth, you get your podcast somewhere else, you can get there too. But just subscribing and getting notified helps us a big thing. So anyway, uh, I appreciate you doing that because you never know when the algorithm's gonna screw with us. That's the other thing. So if you guarantee you that you get notified, you get to see it. And you know, look, you're driving, you're working out, you got a lot of things going on. Maybe you're going for a walk. That's when I listen to my podcast. So go do that then. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. I told you, this impeachment thing is, is not something that should be overlooked for a lot of reasons. We're all caught up right now on the Republican side in two things. One, the, the race, right, the debates. And then two, this Fulton County DA and the other indictments against Trump. But there is some action on the other side. Kevin McCarthy keeps talking about the potential of an indictment, right? So we've talked about what this would mean. And I think it's easy to say, we should indict him. We should get payback. I brought this up with Alan Dershowitz. Payback is easy. And I get it. Too often Republicans excuse Democrats' behavior and say, well, they did it. We're going to be bigger than them. I'm not even saying that. What I'm wondering is, what are we going to get out of this? And I'm going to break it all down for you. Um, but it's very interesting, just in terms of where we are, because for a while, House Republican leadership was very clear. They weren't ready to go down this path. Then McCarthy started doing these interviews where he said, we're willing to open an inquiry. We're willing to allow this to happen. So I wanna walk you through what this all means. So let, let's just start for a second with impeachment, what it is. The Constitution, Article 2, Section 4 says the following. The president, the vice president, and civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanor. So that's the bar that we're reaching for. And if you think about it in modern history, right? Nixon didn't get impeached, he resigned. Clinton got impeached by the House, not removed in the Senate. And Trump got impeached twice in the House and went nowhere in the Senate. Last time it was like a big deal because Mitt Romney voted for it, but that was the extent of it. It was a political thing. And as I said, the Democrats have nothing to complain about. They started this. They impeached Trump when he was out of office. I mean, read it again. Section two, article four. President shall be removed from the office on impeachment for and conviction of. You can't remove someone who's not in office. They knew what they were doing. Even if you thought everything that Trump did was fully impeachable and wrong, on its face, the Constitution says that the, the penalty is removing someone from office. If they're not in office, you can't remove them. But the Democrats don't care. They wanted to say that he was impeached twice. That's what they wanted. And they got their talking. He's now the only president who's been impeached twice. Who cares? 
he wasn't in office. They couldn't remove him. And we knew that they weren't going to remove him anyway because the, Senate, the votes in the Senate weren't there. You need 60 votes. You weren't going to get it. So we went through an entire exercise for no reason. And the question that remains right now that House Republicans in particular, because they're the ones who have to start it, is, is this the right time? We know it's not going anywhere. Senate Democrats control the chamber. I, I, I think they, they might have to bring it up in some kind of pro forma way. But let's be honest. They're not going to do anything with this. So we know he's not going to be removed from office. Even if you get the vote in the House, you will have impeached him. Okay. Some of you probably said, great, so what? Then make him an impeached president because Trump was impeached twice. Clearly, they politicized this. They weaponized it. So let's do it. Well, I want to get into this in a little bit, but there is a political consequence in this, twofold. One, does what House Republicans do actually benefit the other side? Does it help them keep the Senate keep the White House and potentially take back the House. That's, that's the worst case scenario. Or two, even if that doesn't happen, do they do something and then it goes down in the House that they can't actually get enough votes, 218. And you're seeing that right now. Some of these, mod and I'm gonna talk about the political consequences, but I want you to understand that this is why some of these things are really easy to say and you get fed a bunch of information that's just not actionable. Kind of like when Nikki Haley said in the debate the other night that like, you know, there are a couple of these other people in different with respect to Vivek Ramaswamy. We said, well, that's not possible. Okay, well, I'm not necessarily trying to make a full equivalency here, but I'm saying we need to understand the reality of what's going on here. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Okay, let's get back into this discussion if we can. Um, I think for a lot of folks, they're sitting back and saying, okay, Maybe you just don't care. You don't like Joe Biden. You're like, let's go after the guy. They went after Trump, we're going after him. But House Republicans are trying to make a case. And let me walk you, take you back one sec. McCarthy's basically saying, uh, we need to open an inquiry so that we can address this. And so what I want to do is kind of give you a sense of courtesy of what the House Oversight Committee has put out. That's James Comer's committee. He's kind of put out a timeline of all the issues that he thinks um, that would be the rationale for this. And there's like six things that they put out. They're countries where there were dealings, right? So the first, they go back to 2015 and they're starting to look at Romania when the vice president was, uh, well, now the president, when he was vice president. And they talk about all of these interactions that occurred and the money that goes in the family, uh, Biden family accounts. They're claiming it's total 
3 million bucks to Biden associate accounts while he was vice president. And that they ultimately received over one, $1 million into the Biden families. But when they, when you look at money from Romania to the Biden family and their associates, it's 3 million bucks. Okay. Then uh, there is a China CF, CEFC uh, issue that they're bringing up. And they're basically saying on March 1st, 2017, which is less than two months after Biden left office, State Energy HK Limited, which is a Chinese company, this is according to the House Oversight Committee, wired $3 million to a Biden Associates account. This is the same bank account used above in that Romania section that we just talked about. After the Chinese company wired Biden Associate account $3 million, the Biden family received $1 million. So they're paying these associates $3 million. It's almost like they're claiming it gets washed uh, just over a million goes into the Biden bank accounts over a three-month period. Additionally, the chairman of the CEFC gives Hunter Biden a diamond. What is he, I was trying to propose to him? But, you know, you think about it, you give someone a precious stone, it's like money laundering. You know, sometimes they talk about real estate and other holdings that you give someone. He gives him an $80,000 diamond. And this CEFC creates a joint venture with the Bidens in 2017. And the timeline lays out these WhatsApp messages, which is this encrypted app that people use to send messages, um, and subsequent wires from these Chinese entities to the Bidens of 100,000 and 5 million. So the second claim is that the total amount from China, specifically with CEFC and their related entities to the Biden family associates, totals over 8 million bucks. All right, so we got Romania and China. Then they have the second China aspect, where it's the China Bohai Harvest RST Equity Investment management company. Um, they're basically saying, we've got more information on this coming. So let's kind of put a pin in that for a second. Number four on their list is Kazakhstan. And they go all the way back to April of 2014. And they got a guy who's an oligarch who used his Singaporean, the Singaporean entity code, Novatus Holdings to wire one of Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca entities. So Rosemont Seneca was this investment firm that Hunter stood up. And they sent him about 150 grand. And the very next day, and this is in 2014, Rosemont Seneca transfers the exact same dollar amount to a car dealership that Hunter Biden's getting a car from. Okay. Hunter Biden and his associate, Devin Archer, who we remember uh, testified on the Hill the other day, would represent Burmisma in Kazakhstan. There's the connection. In 2014, as the company was trying to broker this three-way deal uh, between Burmese, Kazakhstan, and a Chinese state energy company. Okay, so that's that. Five is Ukraine. Devin Archer, as you know, was on the Burmese board of directors in 2014 and was joined by Hunter Biden shortly thereafter. That's why when that testimony came up, they, they had been on the board together, they were buddies, they were business partners. Um, Hunter Biden, by the way, I know there's a lot of attention about him being on the board of Burmese, but initially he was he was uh, listed as a counsel. He was hired as a lawyer. And then he has this meeting, according to the House Oversight Committee in this document, with Burmisma's owner in Italy. And he was elevated to the board of directors. Sure, it went like, oh, hi, your name's Hunter Biden. You're the vice president's son. He's handling Ukraine. Congratulations. Would you like to join the board? And as a little side note, we're going to pay you a million dollars a year for being on the board of directors. A million bucks. Okay, because you have no experience, you don't know where our country is, you don't know what we do, and you have no energy experience, but we will give you $1 million. In December of 2015, though, 
they have this board of directors meeting um, of Burmisma. And Biden called DC, quote unquote, in the wake of mounting pressure that the company Burmisma is facing all this pressure. The president of the company gets charged with bribing Ukrainian officials with $6 million in an attempt to delay or drop the investigation in the country. And the amount of total money, according to the House Oversight Committee, that goes from Ukraine to Biden's family and associates is $6.5 million. All right, so their sixth point, we've got Kazakhstan, China, Ukraine, Russia. Here we go. And what the House Oversight Committee says here is that a Russian oligarch and Russia's richest woman, I wonder what it takes to be Russia's richest woman, uh, wired Rosemont Seneca, Hunter Biden's firm, $3.5 million. And the wire was split up, $750,000 was transferred to Devin Archer. And the remainder was sent to um, a Rosemont Seneca holding company that Hunter and Devin Archer split equally. Um, This rich woman in Russia, the richest woman, joins Hunter and Devin to share a meal with then Vice President Biden at a restaurant in Washington, D.C. where she was there. Oh, so that's why that all ties in. I'm kind of nice. So the total amount of money from Russia to the Biden family and their associates is $3.5 million. And then they've got a bunch of uh, links in here with bank memorandum detailing wire descriptions. So that's what the House Oversight Committee has been looking at. That's the nut of this. Now, I've said this before. You remember we had Ron Johnson on. He was in uh, with us in Milwaukee. And I said to him at the time, and this is what I stand by, let's agree that Hunter Biden is shady. Let's take it a step further. He's a scumbag. He's a dirtball. He's an influence peddler. Okay. The country is full of bad people. It's full of criminals. Let's just assume, I mean, Hunter Biden is being brought up on charges for tax fraud because he lied in 2017, 2018. Uh, we know that the court is at least relooking at that. He's so far escaped any kind of prosecution or real serious inquiry into the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which is double dealing like all these companies, they're state owned. It's not like in China, you're operating a company on your own as a small business like you hear in America. Every company in China is state controlled. So you're really, you should be registering with the Foreign Agent Registration, your Foreign Agent Registration Act. And there's some questions about whether that's coming down the pipe. So, but let's, let's leave this aside. This is what I, I wanna get at here because you read, you heard what I read to you, which is what the House Oversight Committee has. And I asked Ron Johnson about this the other day. I get it. Hunter, bad dude. Hunter equal bad. But you, until you prove it's Joe Biden and can get enough people to buy into that. And I get it. You have a, I mean, you heard Ron Johnson, when we're sitting in Milwaukee, say that, you know, there's never going to be enough proof to convince the media and a lot of folks. But right now, the question is, is there enough to convince enough Republicans in the House? Is there a not just a theoretical, yes, bad people, Joe should have known? Is there evidence that that occurred? And that's what, that's what we have to look at because 
I, I read you this before. The president, the vice president, civil officer shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, I don't know that he's been bribed. I don't know that there's treason, but that's the threshold you have to meet. They have to be able to go down to the well of the house and say, we're doing, and frankly, I mean, you might be watching this thing. No, they don't. They don't have to meet any standard. They can just do it. They did it to Trump. Okay. The question is, are we going to have any kind of standard ever? Because we don't have to. We can just say whatever there's a opposition party, there's a Democrat in the White House and a Republican House, impeach them. That could be the new standard. I mean, the Democrats do this over and over again. They're the ones who set the bar. They did this with judges multiple times. Harry Reid, when he was in leading the Senate on the Dem side, he changed the rules of what it took to get nominations through so that they could get their judges through. They do this. So they changed the bar on impeachment. Okay, so we can have that discussion. That doesn't matter. Let's just do it. Um, but as I said, there's several elements to this. Does that make sense? Right, because you can still do it. You could, even if you get, will this actually hurt them? Because what, right, the ultimate goal is that you would want them removed. That's why I think you'd want to do this which is not gonna happen. No question, not happening. Two, will it hurt them politically? Or three, will it benefit us? Those are the things that I think we really want to get at. One of the things that I think has gotten lost in the discussion is it started at the beginning with a lot of people saying that we should impeach the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. I think there's a pretty clear case on that one. I mean, the guy refuses to do his job, remove him. Then there's some Republicans that wanna go after the Attorney General Garland. And there's several more that wanna go after FBI Director Ray. Look, Congress is only in session for so many days. That's just the reality. Um, and there's only so much bandwidth politically speaking. So I think if you go after them, and I actually, I've always been conflicted with this. You go after Alejandro Mayorkas, just stop for a second. Let's say you get rid of him. Do you think that he's making this stuff up? Like he's not protecting the border and enforcing the laws and all that because he wants to? No, he's doing it because that's what they want. So you get rid of Mayorkas and you're gonna get Jones Smith, you know, fill in the blank with the name. Same person that's gonna implement the Biden agenda I saw this picture the other day of these gate, you know, the, the wall in Arizona. And this is on Instagram, I haven't verified it, but they were saying that the, the federal government had welded it open. Yeah, so these pictures, and it shows those gates, and instead of being closed like that next to each other, people had kind of opened them and then welded them open. I mean, you really think that that's gonna stop? If we impeach Mayorkas, I don't. That's not an excuse, it's just a reality. Um, so the question is, do you spend your time in on the impeachment front going after those folks? Because you could, or do you go after Biden? And if you wanna go after Biden, is that smart? So let's 
and I just say that in context because there's no way that these committees could go after everyone at one time. And at some point, it would be a bit ridiculous. If you're going to go, if you really care about this, if this is like your thing, why not go after the top? Although, again, I just want a quick side note. I've said this so I'm clear on this. You're never, he's not going to get removed. Okay. Not going to happen. Schumer's not going to bring it up. Never mind, vote for it. And I, I, the reason I say this is let's play it out for a second because if somebody said, oh, well, okay, A, it's not going to happen. But B, let's just say for fun, it did. You end up with Kamala Harris. You know that, right? I mean, I think that's always been Joe Biden's check. That's why more people aren't calling for a primary. He just goes, oh, you know who's next? And I'm going to talk about this as we get more into the election. But I do believe this is the secret plot to get Kamala Harris as president. He thinks that he's the only one who can be reelected. And then he steps down, you know, whatever, two months, a year into this thing. And she becomes the first woman president. We'll get to this. Don't worry. But I'm just telling you that that actually worries me more than Biden. Um, so both Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman from Georgia, and Lauren Boebert from Colorado, have both introduced articles of impeachment. So there are vehicles to do this. And as I said earlier, McCarthy initially was a little, I think, reticent to go down this path. There's a lot of things that they needed to get done. And he was like, if we get distracted on this, who knows? And I gotta be honest with you, Republicans don't exactly have the best track record when it comes to like taking on big things like this, the debt ceiling spending, impeachments, they, they always seem to lose. And I get it, the media is gonna go against them. So, you know, I, I've talked about this, I showed you what the Oversight Committee put out there. Republicans have been going in over and over again to this Biden family web of shell companies. I told you what the Oversight Committee was doing. Um, we know about them. And we know how Joe Biden has changed his tune. For the longest time, he chided anybody. I know nothing of my son's business dealings. I am unaware. I trust him. That was the other thing. Remember he told reporter Mike Allen in, uh, in that Axios interview, why are you guys saying this? I, I trust him. I have nothing. I don't know anything about him. I never talked to my business. Then slowly it comes out that he does know. So the White House changed their tune. By the way, just today, we are hearing reports that Biden, that there are like over 5,000 emails where he's using a fake email name, a pseudonym. You remember John Barron? That was what Trump had used and people mocked him because he would, as a civilian back in the day, he used to call public, uh, like uh, reporters up who covered, you know, society and such in New York. And he would say he was John Barron, apparently, I mean, this is according to them. I, uh, Trump's never actually admitted this case. Reporters mocked him all the time. They're like, oh, I can't do this. Well, now apparently there's three pseudonyms that Biden was using as vice president, 5,000 emails to avoid the National Archives from being able to capture stuff. Because when you're in the White House or in the federal government, you are subject to the National Records Act. So you can't do business. Well, let me stop for a second. When I was in the White House, we didn't have texting apps. And if you did something on an outside app, let's say that somebody knew my personal email and they said, uh, 
you know, hey, Sean, can you help me with X? What you're required to do is one of two things. One is, you know, copy that and get it, get it into the system. Or you reply with your government email CC so it gets captured in the system. The whole idea is that they want to make sure the government business is copied. And now you're seeing that Biden evaded that. That could be an interesting, I actually think that might be the strongest thing. The question is, does it meet this threshold? Treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. That's gonna be the threshold. See, all the things that we described, Hunter Biden, James Biden, the brother, until you connect them to Biden, I mean, I watch a lot of cop shows, law and order, all that kind of stuff. And you always see the DA saying, until we can connect them you know, to the murder, to the crime, you know, we can't convict them. Well, yes, this is political. It's not a criminal trial. But there's no difference here. Until you, if, if, the, if they can't get them, if McCarthy and others don't see a case that they're bringing forward, then that's going to be a problem. If Hunter bad, Hunter bad, Hunter bad is the only thing, we have a problem. At some point, and this is what the Dems keep saying, oh, the Republicans have all these accusations and charges. We've got to show that it's a direct link to Joe Biden. The other thing that I think is going to be interesting, and I read you all that stuff from the House Oversight Committee, all of that stuff, 2014, 2015, 2017, was when he was vice president. So this gets back to what I was saying a moment ago about Trump on that second impeachment. Now, this is, as I said, I started the show. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If House Republicans were on defense when House Democrats said that he's not in office, you can't do this. You can't impeach a guy not in office because it says shall be removed from office. Well, what are you doing with Biden? He was vice president and out of office as vice president. 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017 are all from that timeline that I read you. When Hunter Biden's getting paid, we get it. He was influencing, he was influence peddling. He was doing all this bad stuff, 100%. But what was Joe Biden? Was he in office? And yes, he was a vice president. He's no longer in. So are we going to use their standard? We better start saying so if that's the case. We better make sure that we have all of those Democrats who said it doesn't matter that Trump was out of office. What you've got now is McCarthy telling these folks internally and even now doing some reports saying that he's gonna start the process by the end of September. Now, um, here's the good thing. To kick off an impeachment, you do not need a vote of the House. You, it's, not in the, it's not in the Constitution. It doesn't say that you have to kick it off. So he doesn't need 218. He can just do it. He can tell these committees, look into this. And I get it. In the House, you got a huge bunch of folks. I've told you, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, they've already introduced the resolutions. But you, you have a very tenuous majority. Don Bacon from Nebraska is saying, I'm not there yet. I think you probably have a few more in New York alone. If these guys, so let's play it out, two scenarios. You do the inquiry and you make a case. 
you have to either one admit that nothing you have nothing from when Joe Biden was president or you're doing this all retrospectively. And again, you can make that case and say, well, they did it to Trump. Fine. Do that. But make it clear from the outset that you're using the same standard that you did with Trump. Because you got to sell people on this. The media is not going to be with you. So that's number one. You got to make sure that you're telling people, here's the standard that we're using. But number two, if you don't get a, if you get a vote, two things are going to happen. Because you're not getting any Democrats. I think we're all in agreement on that. There's not a single Democrat in the House of Representatives that's voting for him. So Republicans have this five-seat majority. What happens if it fails? What happens if you don't get 218? You get 216, 217. Then you have Republicans try to impeach Biden and they failed. They couldn't even make the case. If you're Biden, <laughs> you do a victory lap. You guys couldn't even get me. That doesn't look very convincing, does it? So if you're going to do it, do it right. Get the votes, get the Don Bacons, all these members from New York on board. If you shoot, you know, they always say, what's that saying? If you're going to go for the king, make sure you kill him. If you guys go down this impeachment path and you fail, if you fail on the vote, you've empowered Joe Biden and the Democrats. I trust me, this will be an issue. They will utilize it. And remember, everyone keeps saying, oh, well, what? there's three groups. You got hardcore people who are going to vote for Trump or the Republican nominee. And you got hardcore people who don't really care, as they've shown in Pennsylvania, they'll vote for anybody. Those are your Biden voters. And you got this many in between. Michigan in 20. 16 was 10,703 votes. That's it. A couple of these states, 50,000 Wisconsin last time. That's all that you need to persuade. And if the Democrats go out and make that case, then we are going to have a problem. Look, Republicans are going to face a lot of pressure to at least not just open this impeachment inquiry, but to go after them. President Donald Trump's been truthing. Look at this one. Republicans in Congress, though well-meaning, keep talking about an impeachment inquiry on crooked Joe Biden. Look, the guy got bribed, he paid off, and he wouldn't give $1 billion to Ukraine unless they got rid of the prosecutor. Biden is a stone-cold crook. You don't need a long inquiry to prove it. It's already proven. These lowlifes impeached me twice. I won and indicted me four times for nothing either impeach the bomb or fade into oblivion. They did it to us. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. They did it to Trump. And then he truthed again. I never had an impeachment inquiry. I had an impeachment, which I won. I started immediately. No meetings, no study, no delay. The lunatic fascists and Marxists played the game differently. They are out to destroy America, MAGA. Okay, so think about it. A lot of these guys who Trump supported or are big supporters of Trump, they see him saying this. They want an impeachment inquiry. They want it. He doesn't even want the inquiry. He's saying, hey, you guys just didn't even do it. You just put it up and sent it to the Senate. I mean, this House can do that. Just put it up for a vote and go. So there's a lot of political pressure. Trump doesn't care. He's like, they did it to me. Do it to him. There's no inquiry. 
In fact, the Washington Post started out his term by saying, let the impeachment inquiries. So the left has a different standard. We get that. But that's what we're up against. So we have a massive political question to answer. We are at a crossroads. We come back right, you know, in the next week, right after Labor Day, House Republicans will be back in. They got a lot to do. We're not gonna, the government is going to run out of funding at the end of the month. It always does. So, but regardless, only one of the 12 appropriations bills has passed. McCarthy's open to this inquiry starting. Fine, open the inquiry. But my point is this, and, and again, I don't want anyone to misinterpret this, but like tread lightly. If you blow this and we lose the house, Katie bar the door, baby. Biden wins a second term, they keep the Senate. And that's, there is no backstop. There is no Jim Jordan. There is no Jim Comer. There are no investigations. They are blowing through this. ESG, DEI, pronouns, it's all coming your way. The House of Representatives is the only backstop we have right now to the most progressive radical agenda in our nation's history. And you cannot turn back. Once they do what they do, we're done. So I say all this because I get the goal, but I also understand the consequences. And we need to be honest about both. Because if we screw this up and we lose the House of Representatives, we are in big, big trouble. Speaking of the next election, though, tomorrow we are going to be joined by Vivek Ramaswamy. Unbelievable debate performance. His poll numbers are going nuts. Everyone's talking about him. We have a lot of questions to ask him. If you see this and want to hit me up for the show tomorrow, go to seanspicer.locals.com. Uh, if you have something you want me to ask him, man, the guy's on fire. He was on MSNBC today. Uh, just running circles around Andrea Mitchell. He's been on CNN. He was on News Nation. He's all over the place. He'll go anywhere. And we're going to talk to him tomorrow and have a discussion about what's fueling him, the criticism, the excitement, all that. So uh, I look forward to seeing you back here. Thanks again for tuning into the Sean Spicer Show. Please continue to share, subscribe. I'll see you back here tomorrow.